Put me in your shows. <laughs> gonna do. Yes. So I'm saving all my love for you. I'm actually mortified. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you've gone completely red and I'm yeah. delighted. That doesn't sound as bad as you think. Like, I've had worse auditions. <sighs> Hello and welcome to the 52nd episode of Girls With Goals. I'm Neve Marr. I'm Rebecca O'Keefe. <clears throat> and we hate doing that. We're going to get better at that, I promise. <laughs> so yes, it is episode 50. Oh, for God's sake. Uh, sorry, I just had a small paralysis of the right arm <laughs> it's episode 52 which means we've been releasing this podcast for a full year so it's time to reflect a little bit on what we've done what we're going to do we will still be bringing you info on the sex lives of young people in Ireland <laughs> one more time you can you repeat that with research that we carried out in partnership with Morning After Pill Ella One so be sure to stay tuned for that which is coming up a little bit later on so that was my serious spiel and you ruined it <laughs> you really got in there and just it's my job and just ruined it. Sorry. Um, so Rebecca, you weren't here when we started Girls with Goals. No. No. Had you heard of us? Yes. You liar. No, I hadn't, truthfully. Okay. Um I only kind of got to know it when I got the job here. Yeah. And I've been okay. listening ever since. But I've kind of picked up on a few old episodes every now and then as well. So that's the beauty of Girls With Goals. I'm just going to use this as a platform to basically... <laughs> sell us, Neve. sell us. I'm just going to sell us and sell the podcast. If you haven't listened, we have released 52 episodes. Yeah, and it doesn't date. None of the, I don't feel like I've like missed something when I listen to it, really. Yeah, I mean, were you a big podcast listener? No. Were you not? No, not Are at you all. now, though? I only listen to ours which is kind of tragic because okay. I'm like oh there's my voice for an hour every every week I find that so interesting because I don't listen to myself I don't I, I don't do. listen back like I have to listen to a certain extent mm. in order to edit stuff but I don't sit back and listen to a full episode and go there I am class good job Neve. no but <laughs> you do I do I have <laughs> I mean maybe it's because I'm still so new to it that I'm like making sure I'm getting better. Okay. Um, But I was thinking about how we could mark this moment and I couldn't possibly bring everyone back on that we've had. But I do want to say a huge thank you to every guest that we've had on. We've had over 156 guests on and that's not including repeats bonus features yeah so um, there is a few people that we brought back in to kind of check in with and to reminisce a little bit so enjoy. I'm joined now by Paul Ryder. I'm so excited. One of my favourite people is here. Paul, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm on my own this time. Yeah. I feel like they're doing like an exclusive talk or something. I'm so nervous now. Are you nervous? Yeah, I am nervous. Oh, don't be nervous. When you said it was just me and you, I was like, what have I done? <laughs> it's like when your mother calls you to your bedroom and be like, we need to talk. <laughs> no, no, all good things. But what we might do first is the reason why we're doing this is just to celebrate Girls With Goals. We're a year now. Happy birthday, Girls Thank With Goals. Thank you. We all feel a little bit older, a little bit wiser, a little bit more tired. A little bit more drunk. Oh, constantly. <laughs> um, so what I wanted to do before we get into it, and I just want to find out about you and your life and how you're getting on since you've been on, but we're going to play a few of your best bits. Oh, I have best bits. You've got best bits. Well, you've got best bits with me anyway. Okay, I don't cool. know about these are life best bits, Yeah. but your luck. We'll really? have a listen and we'll see how it goes. In the final episode of the series, Carrie receives a call from... Gerard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, oh, his name is John. I was so close with the Ger. Gerard. You think Mr. Bates' name was Gerard? Gerald Keane was uh, Carrie, Carrie's, <laughs> Carrie's wife. The solicitor from Ireland was, was Carrie's husband, Mr. Big. Paul is actually a voice note aficionado. Ooh. What does that mean? It means that you are obsessed with voice notes oh. and I'm just going to play a little bit <laughs> I'm just going to play a tiny example of what I deal with on the regular okay oh God. listen to this oh my god I've always wanted to be the executive producer on something do you know when you watch a television show and you see a famous name as the executive producer that's the dream that and appearing from a stage from the floor if that makes sense like Britney Spears they're two major dreams I have you know not much you completely sold me out <laughs> 
so sorry that I sold you out on those. That's okay. That you're like, but do you know what I have to say though? You've never, you didn't voice clip at all. Well, in okay. Our, in our relationship, so, friendship, until. I decided that it's only fair. Yes. If I show the kind of voice notes that I send to you. Yes. In response. And it was one day, it was a couple of weeks ago. Explain the context. I just hadn't spoken to you in a little while, I don't think. Is this the singing one? This is the, is this the singing <laughs> one. Where I literally was having a nightmare morning and I played this and was like, she's lost the plot. Okay. So plot. just for everyone everybody to know this is the person that Paul Ryder has turned me into <laughs> and in other news Whitney just came on the radio so it's going to be a good day even there though I tried to resist you will last on my list put me in your shows <laughs> gonna do I'm actually mortified. <laughs> no, I, I, you've gone completely red and I'm yeah. delighted. That doesn't sound as bad as you think. Like, I've had worse auditions <sighs> than that. Really? So you actually sounded A-OK on that, on that. I've had worse auditions than that. But I, I, <laughs> I, I was delighted because I was thinking, yes, she's found her voice. We're going to do voice notes for the rest of our lives. So I was delighted. It's funny. I send voice notes now all the time and it's really just inspired by you. Because you looked down on me. I did. When I first did it. You were like... I, like Paul, that you you love to send voice notes. I was like, yeah, because it's so much easier to just get your point across and feel the burn of what I'm trying to I'm say. I'm just waiting for this embarrassment burn to go. <laughs> like it's it's literally like all over my body at the moment. But I started to send voice notes. Like I send them to my boyfriend and stuff, and he responds, and he always says thank you. He's always like, thank you so much for the voice note. I'm never going to send one, but I really appreciate them. So no, but people you are said still the, not used you to You said this. the same to me. You were like, oh, that's so nice that you send voice note. I'm never going to send you one back. Yeah, and there you are singing. Whitney Houston's greatest hits down the phone at me. <laughs> so, you know, there's, 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 there's a place for everyone in the voice so note world. So, you literally are going from strength to strength. You brought me a present today, which I'm going to wear and I'm going to put it up on my Instagram. Basically, you have merchandise now. It's a t-shirt with your face on it. <laughs> but if your career is... is, is l- missing something you're not quite sure what it is would you consider a podcast that is just voice notes oh my god the converse oh my god because you could have like the x-files where people break up and they mm. break up over voice notes and you could have them and then you could have like the dirty chat ones yeah i think it's an like, untapped resource of yes. hilarity Oh my God, that's the new podcast. Yeah, I don't know if I should have given you that, actually. Maybe we should do a voice note podcast Coming here. up after the break, the voice note podcast with Paul Ryder. Yes, yes. there you go. I'm, right, well, there you go. I can be your manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put me in one of your shows. But anyway, you are working. <laughs> that's the second time you've said that to me in the last two weeks. Put me in a show and then moved on. What shows are you doing these days? Oh God. Um, well, I'm going on tour in October. Okay. So we're going to Glasgow, Manchester, Birmingham, London, and then we finish in Vicar Street. And this is your drag show? This is a drag show. It's called The Heels of Hell. It's okay. like all the RuPaul's girls mixed with some of us Irish queens. Amazing. And we're going on a week-long tour. We've just spent 10 days on a bus. Together? Together. With bunks. I'm claustrophobic at the best of times. And I'm sorry to be disgusting. You can't poo unless the bus is stopped. Why? Because it, it's whatever way the motions of the oceans work. You cannot poo. The motions of the oceans in your body or in the motions of the oceans of the bus? The bus. Okay. <laughs> I was Not like, my body. I'm pretty sure you can poo wherever. So like, I, and I'm telling this story to everybody because I'm delighted that I'm going on tour, but I'm also not delighted that I cannot poo at will when I need to. <laughs> because well, I can't believe I have this discussion. I'm never going to marry ever, ever in my life. <laughs> Maybe not someone on the bus. <laughs> Do you know who you're bunking with? Like, yeah, have you like been? We're, we're bunking with like a load of drag queens yeah. and then like four very sexy male dancers. Oh my god! So like, I'm gonna just be like, "Morning, everybody!" As I cramp my stomach, <laughs> being like. Did everyone have a good sleep? Like, and then he, like, and he, trying to get myself off the bus as quickly as possible to poo in a bush. Like, I mean, oh. there are garages. Please don't poo in a bush. But imagine having to be the one to ask the man in the bus, can we stop at the garage so I can take a giant dump? Like, it's not going to be attractive. We need to move on subjects. I've talked about pooing for three minutes. <laughs> But so, aside from what the, the embarrassment just <laughs> aside from the poop tour, <laughs> which it will now be called forevermore, <laughs> the poop tour. 
<laughs> do the beautiful male dancers even poop really I do you ever so like I... encounter people that are so beautiful that you're like you don't you poop you don't poop I especially don't fart yeah <laughs> I feel like that bus is going to be full of farts <laughs> Okay, so what's the show called again? It's called The Heels of Hell. The Tickets are available hell. from Ticketmaster.ie <laughs> or poopmypants.org. And if you That's see not Paul, the actual. If you see Paul Ryder hunched over on stage, you'll know why. He's severely cramping. <laughs> but other than that, there's lots going up. It's been a very interesting couple of weeks. It has been very interesting. It's been a very interesting because literally I felt like you came on the show and then you were on like TV3 the week afterwards yeah. and it's just kind of is, has it been snowballing for you? It has been snowballing but like you know you look at the next month and there's nothing there and yeah. then all of a sudden these calls are coming in and you're doing you're doing amazing work with amazing people. I'd say when you're in a process of that when you're building your career as well you do have to say yes a lot Yeah. but I'm presuming that you also want to make the right choices for yourself and for your career. Totally and I've got some amazing people who I've met in this journey who I'll like I'll ask for the advice and say listen yeah. is this the right gig to take and they'll kind of they'll give me what's right and what's wrong so yeah. I don't have an agent I'd love to have an agent but I, I, I feel like I can do the work myself so okay. what's, the, what's the point in having a middleman yeah whereas I've always who's taken, taken 10% yeah who's taken 10% and may also guide me in a direction that I might not want to go in unless right. they completely get me so I'm really I'm really happy but I, like that I'm constantly striving for more and I'm constantly striving yeah. for what's next and what I haven't done yet and then your bread and butter as well like you're a creative director and you're a choreographer so Panto season is coming up. You're doing Panto, right? I can exclusively reveal. Yeah. I can exclusively reveal that I am not only choreographing and artistically directing the Cheerios Panto, but this year I will take to the stage <gasps> in a leading role in my drag alter ego uh, for the run of the Cheerios Panto Snow White, which happens at the Tivoli from the 3rd of December. Tickets are available from www.panto.ie. That is Boom. incredible. <laughs> Congratulations. So I'm playing the Wicked Queen's evil assistant. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Whose name is currently Sparkle. That's not, I, I don't think it's going to be Sparkle, but like okay. it's, we're playing around. I want to call him Frank. Working title. Working title. I think Frank is funnier. But he's like, a, he's, he's like a queer eye for the straight guy, sort of Devil Wears Prada assistant okay. to the queen. Right. To the wicked queen. Um, and it's, 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 a, it's, a really, it's a really fun show because obviously I've been a part of it since I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. So now to go and to be able to set foot forward and to have my name on the poster and it's like, oh, it's breakout star Paul Ryder. You're amazing, like, oh my God. Amazing, amazing. That's what I mean by goals. It's nice to keep going with, with that sort of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, so I'm excited. We get into rehearsals. So it's really weird because I'll be choreographing the show mm -hmm. during the day and then I'll be rehearsing the show in the evening. Wow. So, but I'm so there I'll for go. the challenge. I'll go. Do you know I was in a panto in my day? You were? I was, What yeah. did you play? I sang a song oh. with Socky. Very good. The Sock Monster. When? Do you remember him? Where? In the Olympia? No, I think it was in the Tivoli that I sang a song with Saki, but I was in the Olympia as well. I was a Billy Barry kid, boy. Uh, yeah, see, so I did the rounds. I was I was in Twinks one for a couple I was in Twinks Panto in the Olympia for a couple of years. Oh no, I was never I never made it that far. I never made it to Twinks caliber, unfortunately. Oh, really? But then you were Billy Barry, so you were good. Oh yeah, I remember this. You were having this conversation with who are you chatting with? Yes, with Ruthanne. Yeah, yeah. So she was up front singing and I was in the background. Yeah. In a ladybird costume. Yeah. Yeah. Not 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 my best moment. I was always the boy of the group, so they always put me like up the front. I, but I was fat. <laughs> like <laughs> I was a fat <laughs> child. And they used to put me in like sheer, like metallic outfits. I had boobs. <laughs> so like when I was in my metallic outfit bouncing to Samantha Mumba's baby coming over, my jiggles were everywhere. Why so not? I look back at those videos. Body positivity. Like, body positivity why not I'm sure you were having the best time I was oh my god I was such a happy child yeah I'm gonna have to let you go but so much stuff that's coming up go follow Paul Ryder if you're lucky and you know him you'll know that he sends incredible voice notes <laughs> so your life is gonna be made um, but the next big thing for you is that gonna be panto season are you gonna be just going in and kind of rehearsing flat out or next Jesus? yeah next big thing like I've got, I've got some TV stuff I'm back with TV3 now at the end of this week and stuff um, and the next big thing will be the tour the Heels of Hell tour okay in October I'm hosting the, the Outing poop, Festival poop which tour. is the Poop Tour the Outing Festival which is down in Liston Varna it's the gay version of Liston Varna when is that? the 6th and 7th of October so that's before all this oh my god amazing uh, myself Danny Beard from Ireland's Got Talent uh, uh, Rhino Shocknessy from the Eurovision yeah so that's that's then and then that's the, exciting. The, the Poop Tour the Heels of Hell Tour yeah. and then straight god. into Panto straight into Panto so yeah. busy busy and we will be waiting 
with breath that is baited for the voice note <gasps> podcast. Oh, can I give a can I give a tiny more little exclusive? Yes, please. Don't have, run and give it to TV3 in like a few days. No, though, I'm not. I'm, okay, I'm going to okay. give it to you. Yeah. Uh, I have my first single coming out before the end of this year. Stop! Yes. So you're oh gonna my be, God. You're going to be a fucking pop star as well. Uh, complicated with myself and Calvin Scott is going to yeah. be released by the end of the year. And then we'll release a next, our next tune in February and then hopefully have something for Pride next year. But I am so... Can I tell you, I've, I've worked with producers before and they've sent me this stuff and yeah. I've kind of gone, yeah, but listen, it's not really like my bag. I'm not really comfortable okay. with it. Complicated. When I heard it, I... Like I bounced around I played for my mother She loved it And Calvin is working so hard He's producing and writing the track What's it like? Is it like Oh it's Is it's, it if pop? You, it's, is it if you techno? Mix, if you mix a bit of Uptown funk with some like um, Callum Scott uh, Like oh, I'll play I'll play you a little A little snippet before we go Okay amazing So I go into the studio um, Hopefully by the end of this week To record that Yeah And then we'll have the video out Hopefully <gasps> before For the end of the year as well So there's no perfect time on it Because I said I really want to Just enjoy this yeah. whole process And just do this properly But yeah Available on iTunes now uh, On other platforms of Amazing course. Congratulations So I'm presuming I'm going to get the call About being a backing singer now Or like later Absolutely or, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah 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 I'll, You heard my sweet you can, tones You can do it through the voice notes Okay <laughs> one now just put me in one of your shows <laughs> thank you so much Paul Ryder for coming in we'll have you in again soon see you soon I am joined by Rosemary McCabe this episode is all about celebrating Girls With Goals it's our one year anniversary and I couldn't do an episode without having you back in because you were on the very first episode of Girls With Goals I was I remember it fondly Thank you. I feel like giving you an applause. It'd be better there. if more people applaud. <laughs> Maybe you could put in a nice little like applaud feature. I'll do that. That'd I'll do great. that. Yeah. Um, so I feel very much like Davina McCall right now, but I just wanted to play a couple of my favourite bits of you straight away. So um, here's your best bits. <laughs> I'm 32, and in February I'll be 33, just like Jesus. <gasps> Jesus. Ooh. Jesus died at 33. I know. He was mad for the weights as well. <laughs> Just like Jesus, Rosemary. Just like Jesus. He could lift a cross. He could. Uh, so how long have you been a personal trainer? For approximately two hours. <laughs> Woo! You, so, did you have your first one this morning? Well, so I had my first two clients this morning. I got my confirmation that I was like that I'd officially passed yeah. on Friday, and then my insurance kicked in from this morning, and I had my first two clients this morning. So, so how this did is it go? Day one. Were you nervous? Uh, no, because I've been doing a few little taster sessions, so I've been doing kind of like uh, sessions with friends, yeah. and I've been shadowing a lot of the trainers and lift, and I'm also like really cocky, okay, mm. I, you know, personality wise. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of good at sassy. No, well, you know, I'm. Kind of good I don't see that. <laughs> so I well, one of one of my friends' dads told me one time, you know, in that real kind of backhanded compliment way, he was like, "You're a very good bullshitter, aren't you?" And I was like, mm, "Yeah, but I like to think I know what I'm talking about." Also, there's so many other favorite bits that I have of you, but um, I didn't put any else in. I can't believe that was a year ago. It was a like year exactly. ago. So a lot has changed since the first episode. A lot Honestly, has changed. You're no longer a personal trainer. No. And your career does seem to be, is it fair to say that it's ever changing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you've got I would new, say. You've got a new gig now coming up as well, haven't you? Yeah, I'm just moving jobs in the next couple of weeks. So why did you move away from personal training? Because you were really into it. You were so yeah. excited. You were constantly wearing athleisure wear. <laughs> Was, I was. It I was, was so comfortable it all, was the time. all the time. That was the, that was the best part. You know what? Um, I was thinking about this this morning because I kind of knew this would come up because I was like, I knew I was talking about personal training in the in the first episode. I think that what happened was. I was working with Nee Fitzgerald, who owned Lift Training Studios, who is just this incredible, like, ball of irritating energy and, like, really, really enthusiastic and, like, pumped Mm. about, not just about personal training, but about health. Like, that's her number one thing. Yeah. And I think I was there a couple of months when I was kind of looking at her and she was always going on about further education and going, oh, you should read this this evening, you should look at this, or, you know, your, your clients would come in and she'd go, did you notice that this person had, like, a slight darkening under her eye and, you know do you know what that signifies and that's probably she's like adrenally fatigued now I'm talking out my ass now because that might be incorrect but like this kind of thing do you know what I mean Yeah. and I think I was there a couple of months when I suddenly was like I don't care about it the way she cares about it like I was interested in helping people to lift weights and in having the chats while while we do it that was kind of what I enjoyed about it was just having the one on one and talking to people and helping them lift weights but I realised that I think I was looking at fitness as being 
like a little rock a little island all on its own and I think that's one of the problems at the moment is the fitness is entirely separated from health so we think about fitness in terms of what can you lift like what can your body do but we don't think about it in terms of how does your body feel when you're finished how are you sleeping you know how are you eating are you enjoying your food are you having sex with your partner are you enjoying that sex like all of these things that go hand in hand with health and fitness yeah. and I think for me I just wasn't passionate enough and I wasn't interested enough in anatomy and physiology and in kind of figuring out the behind the scenes of it all and I think it like I think if I'd been working in a commercial gym I probably would still be there right. but I think it was the contrast of working beside Neve and going oh this is what I should be hmm. and I really wasn't and I mean because I wasn't like I wasn't feeling like I was very good at it and I think in order to feel well in order to feel good about any work I'm doing I need to feel like I'm competent do yeah. you know what I mean and I was like I'm a bit crap at this well the well I don't think well I don't know I never took one of your classes but I wouldn't imagine that you were crap at it you're saying no to the headphones I'm saying no to the headphones I can just hear myself too much okay um, but what I found interesting at the time was that you were moving away entirely from what your bread and butter was mm-hmm. which was blogging and writing and being a journalist and this kind of thing I think at that time you were very fatigued by the media and by being out in the public eye as well yeah I mean I would say by being out in the public eye more than by the media okay um, and this is something that I've talked about and like not to bring up bloggers unveiled again let's Christ. talk about that again yeah um, but I think at that time I was getting a lot of stick I was getting a lot of stick mm-hmm. I mean I wasn't getting I wouldn't call it trolling because I wasn't getting people Atting me constantly, but I was seeing because I was going and looking for it. But I was seeing people talking about me. About so you were how, going onto the forums. Yeah, you were, about yeah. How, like how annoying I was, about how much they hated my face, about you know That's so how, how full of shit I am, what mm. a hypocrite I am, how I'm never going to stick to personal training. They were correct on that front. I'll give <laughs> Fine. them that. We'll give yeah, them, you can have that one. We'll give them one thing. Um, and I think I just got to a point where I was really, really sick of being of of me being what I was selling. Yeah. If if you know what I mean because like when you're a blogger if if you're a blogger and you blog about film that's your subject mm-hmm. and, and if people criticise your work they're maybe disagreeing with your um, criticism of a film or yeah. you know with, with your star rating you don't take that so personally but when you're a blogger and you blog about yourself any criticism of your work is just you is obviously criticism of you yeah. and it can be really hurtful and I think I found it really really difficult and you know there was a certain point where I was going I love writing like I love media and and even though I kind of wanted to I never got out of like wanting to know what was going on yeah. and you know keeping abreast of bloggers on bail but also of movements within magazines of like newspapers and like also buying magazines yeah. and that's always been one of the things like like I love magazines and, and I love media like I love print I love online mm. and I never really stopped that but I just got to a point where I was really freaked out by thinking yeah. that I was kind of making myself this weird quasi-celebrity but in a way that like not from a talent do you know what I mean as in I wasn't Beyonce that I was like this amazing singer I was just somebody who had kind of become well known yeah and sometimes for the wrong reason sometimes because I'd kind of written something controversial and people were annoyed by it mm. and then and then they got to know my name and I started to get really paranoid and I would kind of be walking down Grafton Street and suddenly go like God I wonder do people recognise me and I don't realise it and also do people recognise me and hate me and I don't realise it yeah. you know like am I walking past people who are like there's that the person the funny thing I about hate. that Rosemary is that you're kind of known as somebody who doesn't give a shit though like I said, your your personality that's out there is somebody who would maybe write the article that would be controversial, who would maybe tweet the thing that nobody else is saying, and then you get lots of ads and you get lots of abuse. But you're known, and like I know this about you because I've gotten to know you over the last year. You're not the person who doesn't give a shit. And like I think when you went into moving away from that sphere and kind of you know doing the personal training thing and stuff it was because it did actually get to you which I don't think there's anything wrong with admitting that or saying that no 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 no. it definitely really affected me I think think that you don't that it doesn't affect you I think when I was younger it didn't um, because I've always been quite self-righteous so you know I'm very like I'm entitled to an opinion and I'm entitled to express that opinion and if you disagree with that that's your problem yeah but then if people disagree with it and they say something mean I'm like oh why they say that like why they say that about me I think if I was going to psychoanalyze myself I'd probably say I'm all ego but my self-esteem isn't that great okay so like I'm you know I want to have these opinions I want to be out there I want to be able to express my opinions and I would fight for anyone's right to do that but it does affect you though but then I want people to be nice to me yeah and I also like just human it's normal yeah it's nice when people are nice to you but I've talked to my therapist a lot about this about my obsession with why people don't like me and Mm -hmm. she's like you know kind of going obviously she's like not everybody is going to like everybody else what's more interesting is why you care 
Yeah. We haven't got to the bottom of it yet. Still working on it. Jesus Christ. Maybe at the two year anniversary you can come back and tell I'm me. I'm like, I'm cured. I figured yeah. it out. It's from this one time in December 1989 that my mom said this to me. Oh, it's always the mom, poor mom. I figured it out. So you have moved back into writing and blogging. You've started a podcast in the last mm-hmm. year as well. It's called How to Be Sound. I haven't been on it yet. No, but, but you are going to be. Fine. Yeah, we, we have it in the diary. And that's year. also something, you know what? <laughs> Calling it how to be sound was me kind of going tongue in cheek because I knew people would be like, how the, like, oh, how the fuck does she know how me. to be sound? Whenever I've seen anything about your podcast, it's like, ha ha ha, yeah. she's not sound. I'm like, well, we should probably think of a better slag than that. Yeah. So but that was an intentional thing. Yeah, of course. So okay. I was like, like I was you know, like, Rosemary, when I saw the name, I was like, you're asking for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, like, how could somebody call some, you know what I mean? Yeah. It'd be like calling it how to be perfect with right. Rosemary McCabe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Come and join me. Yeah, yeah. I I'll show you how. Yeah, whereas it's more about me discovering how to be sound with the help of people. Yeah, so you've been on this podcast um, quite a few times now. I haven't been on how to be sound yet, but that's going to be... Um, <laughs> You're going to be on it soon. It's embarrassing yourself. Why did you start a podcast? Um, because I really enjoy doing broadcasts. I really enjoy doing podcasts and doing mm. radio. And I think... I started, I think, when I was personal training because I wanted to do something. Mm. I wanted to have some kind of creative output. And I was like, you know what? I think this would be interesting to interview people essentially it was the people in my life who I would have conversations with and then go oh god that was really interesting and I feel like that made me a more interesting or better person yeah and then I was like this would be an interesting conversation to broadcast so it kind of came from that that I was having chats with loads of different people and going god like I had lunch with that person I learned a lot right and so you were kind of living a podcast that online. kind of yeah. and you wanted to yeah but you don't get the same good stuff you're pretty open when a microphone's in front of you it doesn't really affect you that much um, I don't have any secrets you don't. You're very open about it. No. What do you think about the huge influx of female podcasts in the last kind of year? Because it's literally been in the last year, I think, anyway, in Ireland. Yeah, not, yeah. A, not everywhere else, but I think in Ireland it's been pretty much every but month or so. But I think that's because Ireland is always slightly behind everywhere else. Yeah. So I think like in the States over the past three, four years, we've had like My Favourite Murder, we've had Criminal, we've had a lot of kind of female fronted big podcasts. Yeah. And so Ireland is catching up now. I think it's great. I think some of them are shite. Yeah. I think some of them are great. I think some of them are somewhere in between. You know, like everything isn't going to be good. But I do think it's interesting that a lot of the time when you have a woman doing something, people will then go, oh, look, I just don't think it's that good. Yeah. And you're like, but there are men making shit things left, right and centre and nobody sits down and goes, I just don't think that's that good. It's one of those funny things that I get asked quite a lot, like, and we'll probably we talk about it on, on How to Be Sound go listen to that when we're talking about my radio career but I get asked a lot still by people who listen to me on the radio like oh when are you going to go back with the lads like you were so you had so much fun with them and you were so funny it's like well I was the female insert in that show like I was the the female voice that maybe had a few laughs with the lads or whatever like what I'm doing at the moment is so much more fulfilling for me and hopefully mm-hmm. for women who listen to this podcast but I'm still asked like why aren't you going back there and like would you not want to go back to radio I'm like absolutely not I don't want to be a sidekick I don't want to go I back can actually imagine nothing worse than being yeah. a woman on a morning show with two lads going oh Oh, it was uh, my it was my life for seven years. Yeah, no, and it was good. It was good. Um, but talking about like you know, people and the way that they perceive you, and kind of now that you're back, you're you're fully back now in terms of like you would call yourself a blogger again, and you would say that you're back in that realm. You've stepped away from personal training. You also have a Patreon account, mm-hmm. and I feel like when I see you talk about Patreon, do you not get? a huge amount of abuse when you tell people to go and pay for my content. No, you know what? I thought I would get more. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know, Patreon is basically a kind of a subscription site. So you can go on and you can pledge like from a dollar a month up to, I think it's $9.99. You can go as high as you want. Mm. Hint, hint. Um, And people basically go and give me a certain amount of money per month to make the content that they're consuming. Mm. So I'm like, okay, like I create this podcast, you follow me on social media, you probably spend an hour and a half each week consuming what I'm creating for you. So I'm like, if if you value that and you enjoy it and you're not doing it because you hate me, then maybe you consider helping give me money towards XYZ. The unfortunate thing was when I started my Patreon, it also coincided with I started doing a money diary 
of, of everything that I spend I every love week. Your money diaries. Everybody loves it. It's I like people are so them. nosy. Yeah. But I think it's the combination of the money diary and the Patreon that people find particularly offensive. That they're like, on the one hand, you're asking for money, and on the other hand, you're spending six fifty on granola four times a week. You really so do I totally, spend quite a lot on granola. I know. Yeah. I know. And actually, I, like, I was really ashamed yesterday. I was eating it at my desk, and my boss came over and she went, "Oh my god, that's so massive!" And I kind of made like a strangled noise. <laughs> so, and she went, "You wouldn't need to eat again until dinner." And I was like, "Oh, you'd be surprised." <laughs> so you're not getting a huge amount of abuse. No, I got a bit in the beginning where people were like, why the hell would I pay for like yeah. the shit that you produce kind of thing? And I was like, but you're you don't have to. You're a freelancer. Yeah, yeah, so. but like, but like also there's no pressure whatsoever. And yeah. like, I'm not saying I, you know, you can only have access to my blog for a dollar a month. I give away so much content for free and then I give people extra stuff. So if you're on Patreon, you get like an extra two or like, depending on the amount of money that you pay, but you get an extra... Uh, mini-sode of my podcast per month or you might get two mini-sodes you get your name right out you in the podcast you get a few extra chapters of your book you get I'm I'm working on a book and I'm releasing a chapter every two weeks on Patreon on on uh, Patreon only yeah what's Hoping it about that, like, just tell me about it um, it's based I around I will sign up for your Patreon so it's it's very loosely based around do you remember the disappearance of Philip Cairns yes I do I mean nobody remembers it because I think it was before we were born yeah, 80s, yeah he was 12 year old boy Cumlin Kimmage mm-hmm. where he went missing and then a couple of days later his backpack was found somewhere that they'd already Searched. Yeah. <laughs> it's just about a family in the same kind of area in Crumlin Kimmage, which is where my family's from. And what happens when a little boy goes missing? Wow. And like what happens to the family? What happens to the interfamily relationships? What, you know, how do people respond? And like how does the community respond when? Because I think as Irish people, we kind of have a tendency to, we're very, very good in the first couple of days after a loss of like bringing over food and being there for people. Yeah. And then I think there's almost a fear that it's contagious, that we're like, oh, like, you step you back know, a bit. Leave, leave Maisie alone. She's grieving. Wow. And, and we do kind of take this distance. And I think when a huge tragedy like that happens, the family almost becomes you know a kind of a spectre yeah. like hanging over the neighbourhood and where is that the is it is it based on Philip Carnes no, or is it just a boy just, who goes it missing it was just inspired by wow. because, because I've always That's been really interested story. in that case That's a great idea Thank you How did they you call think it of that? they call it griplet What's that Oh griplet griplet like you know girl on the train but who apparently it's passe now who came up with that I don't know I can't remember because I I spoke to an agent about this and she was like oh yeah you know griplet's very big now but it's kind of going out Oh God, what's next? That's the story for another day. Rosemary McCabe, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for being one of my favourites. Thank you for having me. I feel like I might annoy... Thank you for liking me. No. I was talking to my therapist about this. This is this could be the moment. This could be the breakthrough moment. <laughs> like, I know when I figured it out when I went on Girls With Goals first and she just kept asking me back. Oh, they felt so loved. Yeah, so go and check out Rosemary McCabe's podcast, How To Be Sound. It's great. Subscribe to her Patreon if you'd like. I do, because I just want to hear her griplet. Hey. Mm, sounded weird read her griplet that's okay that's okay no no but I have actually done an audio clip oh, as well you? yeah because I did a so like for for patrons at a certain level I did it you get it before everyone else but you have to listen to my voice saying it huh? lol lol <laughs> okay we'll have you on again for the two year anniversary thanks so much can't wait So one of my favourites joins me now in studio. Kira Knight is a writer with Joe.co.uk. Kira, you've been on the podcast a couple of times and we're here to celebrate Girls With Goals. It's been a year. So how much do you like my podcast? I want to um, <laughs> thank you for having me on a podcast called Girls With Goals, despite me having none. Um, okay. I think that was a really brave move. I Thank think you. you're trailblazing the industry with, the, with such a bold choice. I do like to bring a little bit of, um, what is it called that you need in everything to have something good? Um, like tension or... Oh, conflict. Thank you, Dermot. Conflict. So you are a woman without a goal, which brings conflict to my table, which is good. Okay. Good content. Yeah. And honestly, for me, after appearing on the podcast, it's just like... How has it blown up? My career has gone from strength to strength. Yeah, I've, I saw I saw you wrote something about Space Jam the other day. Yeah, I watched it for the first time and I wouldn't have had the confidence to do that before I was on Girls With Goals. Um, just the, the inquiries from the media, I've had just tens of inquiries and it's been yeah it's been uh, things have blown up so I want to say thank you and can I ask like have you you've obviously said no to a lot of things like I haven't seen you on a lane I haven't seen you on Ireland yeah. AM I said no I don't want to be overexposed you okay. know yourself um, you got to keep it small <laughs> 
Absolutely. Do you know, you are one of my favourites and that's why you're here. But we've had some incredible guests on over the last year. And one of them, we've had some incredible athletes as well. Some of them have been Olympic athletes. Some of them have been Spanish. Some of them haven't been athletes at all. And there was one man who really kind of struck a chord. So I just want to play a little clip from our encounter with Miguel. Real life professional curler joins me now in studio. Hi. Hi. How are you? Do you want to introduce yourself to our listeners? Yeah, I'm Miguel, a professional curler. And uh, I suppose where to start? Do you want me to just briefly let you know what curling is? I suppose the history of curling. Where did it come from? Okay, so curling, I guess, back in like the seventh century um, cavemen had very straight hair Okay. so what they would do is they would divide it up into little sections and then just wrap like a boulder around it and then heat that boulder and then they would be left with these like similar to I suppose Irish dancing curls uh, in the end interesting so it's a slightly different form of curling than what I was thinking of what were you? I was actually thinking of the Winter Olympics curling on the ice. Oh. Yeah. So that was Miguel. Mm. Nice guy. Very nice guy. Spanish, was he? He was Spanish, yeah. yeah. I don't know what region, but um, he heralded from Spain. Yeah. Yeah. I think the south probably, based on the, the tone. Yeah, no, he was... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he sounded cool, actually. He was such an expert. Yeah. Yeah, now I've tried to get him back on numerous times since then. Um to no, to no avail he sounded really good looking as well I don't know if you can tell by a voice but yeah I guess it was we just got into the summer months and yeah. obviously he's a winter sport kind of guy mm-hmm. um, but sorry you were talking about how famous you are so since the podcast mostly yeah well things have exploded I mean you can see my face everywhere now at the minute so you can probably I mean I don't need to describe it but yeah there was another piece that you wrote recently and I really um really had a connection with it and um, it was the five emotions that you feel on a trip to Blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah, now obviously this is a different audience than... It's the Brits, yeah. Yeah, it's the Brits. So a different audience than what we'd be used to. Is it fair to say Extravision would be the same? You could say that. Okay. Um, Because that's what it was based on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Blockbuster. Uh, okay. No, it was... So I'm Irish, but I write for the UK. So here's a little inside trick. Um, what I'll do sometimes is I'll take the Irish equivalent. Okay. And I'll write about that, but I'll call it the UK name. Wow. Yeah. Do you feel like you're trailblazing the industry? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say lying to your audience. No, <laughs> I wouldn't see it that way. <laughs> um, but the emotions that you spoke about, one was unbridled excitement. Where did the excitement come from? Yeah, well, you were renting a video <laughs> and <laughs> that's pretty exciting. Um, especially when you're a child and you don't have a lot going on. Um, a trip to the video shop is pretty big. <laughs> I remember sometimes when you'd go to a video shop and if what you wanted wasn't there, you'd just leave. Like you would oh, just... Oh, really? We'd would, always settle. No, you We're never... a family of settlers, us. <laughs> we would never settle. You would just leave. And then it was really a huge amount of disappointment that then came from that, which you didn't really touch on on the article but obviously you never you right. settled is this a critique or <laughs> do you want to tell me how you would have written it <laughs> I would have written it just better and like I know you did your best but like better than that <laughs> logistical anxiety was another thing that you spoke about so yeah. why were you anxious as a child um, I think I was just born anxious to be honest but you kind of like I've an older sister and I would try and kind of convince her to let me get my own way on the way to the video shop so we didn't cause a scene in there okay I was like four years old and I was like folks let's have a bit of decorum here <laughs> and so would it usually be that you were wanting to watch something a little bit more targeted towards your age group yeah I just wanted to rent Madeline every single time <laughs> I thought it was the greatest film the cinematography the character development this is the little wayward French girl right French child like yeah. it, I don't understand it and she was an orphan as well like there was nothing wholesome or happy about it but yeah, it was really sad, actually. I just thought it was a terrific film and I wanted to rent it every single time. And my sister would be like, let's just get Titanic. And I'd be like, no, we're going to learn about the small girl in a beret who's French, who has a little neighbour called Pepito. <laughs> <laughs> and I won every time. <laughs> and then came the chaos. Yeah. 
the chaos is when you're in the shop and it's like okay they don't have what we want your dad's like looking at some bloody Tiger Woods instruction on how to golf video and your mom's just like looking at the rom-coms and you're like okay I need to get my own way here or I'm going to die it's nice that it was very much family orientated like yeah. you all went oh the whole ten of well, some would say though if you were critiquing which I'm not, Kira. Mm, feels like it, though. Some would say that if you were a smarter child, you would target the weak parent, leave mm. the sibling at home, which I did, and just go with dad. Okay, okay. I see your point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do I do take that on board. Okay. Um, I wasn't the smartest child. <laughs> I'll say, I'll hold my hands up. Pretty stupid. Yeah. Things have gotten worse. Okay. Um, um, so aside from this kind of content that you write, just one of the other things that I adore... And brava, bravo, yeah, would be when you go back in time and you visit celebrities, usually in the mid noughties, and they're usually advertising some kind of handheld gaming device. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this <laughs> content that you write. Would it be the Nintendo content? It would be the Nintendo content, and sometimes yeah. it's girls allowed when they were playing a Nintendo DS night together a Nintendo D- and you just you pinpointed the tension within the group yeah and maybe even society yeah you're right yeah but it was even the formation like there was a couch and three of them were sitting on the couch and two of them were sitting down in front and you know for speaks God, volumes you know for God's sake it wasn't going to be Nadine and Cheryl sitting on the ground <laughs> perish the thought <laughs> Yeah, I honestly, I think I just watched it so many times that I started to see new bits of, honestly, none of it made sense. I have a real fascination with when celebrities were kind of on the cusp of being very famous and they were still saying yes to everything. Yeah. Like Beyonce did an ad for a Nintendo DS Lite. Oh my God. Would she do it today? Would she flip? You know what I mean? It's like they were they were just so desperate to be, first of all, to make loads of cash, but also to kind of get their face out there, that they would just flog anything. Um, before I let you go, because I know that you have to head off soon. You've got lots mm, to do. No, I'm actually, I cleared the whole day, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, no, this is, no, that's. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so you watched, um, you watched The Notebook in work recently. This is another thing, just swinging back to Space Jam briefly. Do you watch full movies when you're sitting at your desk? And yeah. how the fuck do you get away with that? It's work, Neve. And you know that when people are walking behind you, they're thinking Kira Knight is watching The Notebook in work. There's like a few little questionable sex scenes in The Notebook as well. And like people are walking past and every time I was like, yeah, it's not porn. Like, <laughs> this is work. <laughs> But it looked like it was. Sorry. So what would you say to writers today, right? They're young, (laughs) up and coming writers, and their main goal in life is to sit in an office. And you've just pointed to the Girls With Goals logo after you said that. And I actually want to get sick. Oh my God. Their main goal. No, no, no. I'm not using any of this. The main goal is to be a writer and to sit in an office surrounded by your peers watching comedies with Michael Jordan in it. Mm. Space Jam wasn't a comedy, it was a documentary. (laughs) It was not a documentary. Space is not animated. I watched it one week ago and let me tell you, (laughs) everything happened. No, it didn't. Mm, Okay. Why are they making a second one then, if it didn't happen? Because uh, it's genius. They should have made it 10 years ago. It's a second documentary. Anyway. So what would you say to them? To um, don't do it. Like, find a better job. <laughs> Kira! <laughs> um, I don't know. Come up with really stupid, weird ideas and find someone that will be like, yeah, fuck it. Have a go. <laughs> Kira Knight, it's been a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. And um, will you come on again? No, this is the last time for me. So Really? Yeah. Is it just you've gotten too big for us? Yeah. You've I have. I'm too I'm many girls. I'm not a girl with goal anymore. I'm a girl with ambition. I've achieved my goals. And when you get your own podcast, Girls with Ambitions, you might want to work on the title book. Can I come on? I it? wouldn't call I think calling women girls is derogatory. I wouldn't. It's fucking ironic. <laughs> it's ironic. I just feel as a woman. It's ironic. Like why make bring me back to infancy? <laughs> Okay, Kira Knight, the ultimate girl with a goal. She <laughs> writes for Joe.co.uk. Go check her out. She also tweets from time to time. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Cool, thanks. 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 
Sarah Tyrrell is here with me now in studio and she's already wrecking the place <laughs> by bashing the microphone stand, but that's Sorry. okay. So Sarah is the curator of the Self Love Sarah Instagram account. Sarah, it's been eight months since you were on the podcast. Isn't that mad? Yeah, I could have almost had a baby. You could have almost had a baby, yeah. What a weird That's way a, to measure time. That was a weird way to measure time, yeah. yeah. But it's been eight months and since then a lot has happened. Um, I, I think we should just mention that there is a storm happening outside the studio at the moment. Uh, storm Alley has arrived and so if there's a little bit of wind happening whatever you know it happens it's fine it's atmospheric it's atmospheric yeah pathetic fallacy there you go <laughs> we're feeling stormy today yeah but yeah so that's happening outside so if you do hear anything but eight months a lot has happened I think before I want to talk to you about what you've been talking about over the last few months <laughs> but I think what was the biggest thing um like basically the next kind of couple of days after you came on the show, you were on the Late Late Show mm-hmm. straight away. And to be honest with you, that keeps happening to guests on my show for some reason. So I need to... You're like a lucky charm. No, I think I need to track down the booker of the Late Late Show and just see where he's getting his information from because all my guests keep ending up on the Late Late Show, which is fantastic. I know, yeah. Thank you for that. No, of course. All my dear. <laughs> Let's have a listen back to you first. So this is Sarah Tyrrell eight months ago on girls with goals and this was the episode that came right after the new year i never really decided to love myself i just decided to try and hate myself less and it was less and less and less and less and i remember doing affirmations with my therapist and he was like i want you to stand in front of the mirror and say i love myself and i i every time i tried i'd cry Mm -hmm. so then i'd have to say i choose to love myself because i couldn't even say the words yeah Mm -hmm. so it's just like this really subtle gradual like one degree every day makes a huge difference yeah as opposed to just getting up and being like it's the first of january i am now obsessed with myself and i think i'm fantastic yeah and i'm going to do undo 30 years worth of brainwashing in this day is that weird listening to yourself after eight months? It is, but yeah. I yeah. don't remember saying that. Thank you. So some of the things that is on your Instagram account are covered in that clip. And it was kind of the reason why I got you on. So it was self-love, body positivity, cruelty-free, fat fashion, sex chats. Now that's changed a little bit in the last eight months. Like you weren't talking about sex as much. No, I wasn't. On your Instagram when you came on first yeah and I think there was one story in particular (laughs) that I saw and it just kind of went a little bit I mean I don't know would you say that it went viral a lot of people were talking about what you were talking about because it was something that hadn't been spoken about that much I definitely don't think it went viral but in the in the small like realms of Instagram yeah in Ireland Mm. maybe yeah Mm. Um, tell us what you were saying so basically um Oh, I kind of, do you know, I, I'm I'm terrible. Like I get this, you know, verbal diarrhea where I say something off the cuff and I forget that I'm putting it on the internet. Like, and so I mentioned I was I was getting ready for a night out with my friends and I mentioned on my stories that I was going to a sex party and then I was like, right, see you later, you know, bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went off my night out, had a great night out, and then the next morning, hungover as you can possibly be, I see like 600 new followers. Claire Balding mentioned you in one story mm. and um. It turns out that, like, and I knew this, but there are some seriously kinky fuckers out there and they're all on Instagram and a lot of them were already following me. Okay. So I like, woke up and I had all these DMs from followers being like, oh my God, I go to that place too. And are you talking about this nightclub? And are you talking about this person? And um, I, to be honest with you, I, I didn't know that it was a thing. I didn't know that sex parties... Yeah. We're a thing in Dublin. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a, like, there's a big kink community in Ireland and then there's a big swingers community. They're like separate things. They're separate. Yeah. They okay. overlap sometimes, but they are separate. And I got involved in both scenes uh, just over a year ago. Right. And I've had a great year. <laughs> <laughs> and was it something that you always were interested in, but you didn't know that there was a community or was yeah. it? I, I feel like I sound like such a stick in the mud by not being aware of. No, but sure, I didn't know. Something like this. Like I, yeah. It's just been over a year. It was um, August mm. 2017 when mm. I kind of fell upon it all by accident. Right, okay. Um, and I was so shocked. Like I was absolutely scandalised by the whole thing. I was, couldn't believe it. Okay. And I did that, like that really typical Irish thing where I was like, oh my God, what's wrong with these people? Yeah. Like, who who hurt them as a child? Why would you want to do that? And then yeah. I kind of realised the more I got involved that, like, 
people who are involved in kink or swinging or both are just normal people mm-hmm. who like weird sex and they participate in that as consenting adults. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool. Absolutely. And so these are kind of the way that you were talking about them. I wouldn't go so far as to say that they're invite only, but they're definitely, um, how would you say, what's that word when you're trying to be like cautious but not cautious but like um, anonymity is really important mm-hmm. so discretion that's the word I'm thinking so it's go. very much not on the DL but like you have to look for it right yeah I mean I think you do have to look for it okay um, how do you look for it uh, you can message me on Instagram I, 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 I'm trying not... to be really careful about what I say because okay. I don't want to get myself into any trouble by the other swingers yeah because the community is small and okay. I know that like, and discretion is key discretion is absolutely key and mm-hmm. I know that some journalists have gone to events before and there has been I thought about it problems as a result I actually I thought wanna... about trying to go to an event and then I realised that that would be weird because I don't know well I don't know how I would go about it and I don't know what the well, I, don't, I know what the purpose is, but ideally the purpose is for you to talk about it like in a kind of a free environment like this without giving anything away and without trying to catch people out yeah. or, or, you know, that kind of way. Yeah, because I feel like that is kind of the the attitude is like this trying to catch people yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like nobody's doing anything that's illegal exactly. or that hurts anybody else yeah. or that has any negative impact on society whatsoever. Yeah, and you do. Like you talk about the fact that, I mean, you say <clears throat> no, no filter or whatever. Sometimes you just kind of say things. But this is something that just came out. You, you were speaking about it it's it's a part of your life now and I think on your Instagram account that's definitely something that you're becoming known for like you do speak quite openly about lots of different topics so have have like the fact that you've kind of been on a few different podcasts now and you've been out in the public eye a little bit and being on the Late Late Show and stuff Mm -hmm. has that made you kind of think twice about what you're going to say or not really because my my biggest thing in terms of my Instagram and anything else I do is that I have I maintain my integrity mm-hmm. and if I am on my Instagram stories talking about how women shouldn't feel ashamed of their sexuality mm-hmm. and that women should feel perfectly comfortable discussing the fact that they masturbate with other women mm. and then I get weird and I don't want to talk about the fact that I go to swingers parties or mm. the fact that I like weird sex I feel like that makes me a hypocrite and mm. um, because I have this platform I need yeah. to use it like with that kind of integrity, um, so I'm da- the only only time I'm careful about what I say is when it could have consequences for other people. Yeah, um, I don't care what anybody thinks about me, mm. not really anymore. Uh, I'm so comfortable with myself now that like if somebody is going to judge me harshly because. I admit to masturbating pretty much every day. Then I feel like that's way more of a judgment on them than on me, and I'll survive. You've got a lot more followers now. You're not buying followers or anything like that. Yeah. But you do talk about the difficulties that you're still facing. And you're only talking about this last night, about how like in the UK, there's a huge market yeah. for plus size, body positive influencers mm-hmm. um, in the UK. And I think you mentioned that they are making a really good living yeah. um, on working with brands and stuff. And in Ireland, that's still not there. There are influencers here that are making a shit ton of money, mm-hmm. but they are not plus size. Mm-hmm. So like, I always think it's so funny because if you're starting a business, what it, what is it that you do? You look for a gap in the market. Mm-hmm. And there's literally a gap in the market yeah. for a plus size body positive influencer. But it's it's literally... Nobody wants it in Ireland for some reason. It's like, so is it hard. fair to say that nobody wants it in Ireland? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know if it is because, like, you see, I'm kind of in this little bubble full of fat people, and I know that they want it. Mm. But do straight size people want it? I don't think that they particularly care. I think a lot of people would think it's a gr- it would be great, yeah. But yeah. I don't give a shit. Do what size people? Straight size people. Straight size people. Yeah, because I don't like saying thin people because, like. I'm not talking about Kate Moss here. You know, I'm mm-hmm. talking about everybody from a size 6 to a size 18. Okay. Um, I didn't know that was a phrase. That's interesting. Straight size people. Yeah. Yeah. I think the problem is that brands haven't, like, viewed the Irish market that way yet. Like, yeah. so over in the UK, brands put in a huge amount of effort into running um, plus size events, mm-hmm. uh, plus size press events. They really, really, like, nurture their influencers over there. And they, mm. there's this great big culture of it, you know, and, and there's a really strong sense of, a community amongst the plus size influencers um, 
Whereas I guess here, because there isn't any, and I know that we have Style Me Curvy, mm. but I talked about this last night as well. You know, Louise was blessed with a body that, yes, it's bigger than than most people's bodies, but it's still perfectly proportioned. Yeah. Um, she's, you know. It's like that plus size model kind of Ashley Graham. It's, it's exactly like, like that. Like the weight is all distributed like yeah. beautifully. and uh, Girls like me don't relate to her body. Yeah. Um, and that's not her fault. Mm. And there's plenty of girls who do, but there's, shit ton who don't and those women need to be represented Yeah, and those women want to wear clothes and they want to wear nice clothes and you know it's not like it was five years ago like now you've got ASOS Boohoo Misguided Pretty Little Thing Forever 21 H&M all doing amazing plus collections Yeah, the clothes are there Yeah, Um, it's just that we need the influencers in Ireland now you're not going to stop until you kind of make it right in in terms of I feel like why should I yeah absolutely I I think I have everything like I don't see any reason why I shouldn't be able to achieve that goal. Yeah. I feel like, like you said, there's a gap in the market. I'm perfectly positioned just by pure luck. Yeah. When I started my Instagram, how it's gone, where I'm at now. I just see that as a challenge. Oh, <laughs> Sarah, that's brilliant. Thank yeah. you so much for coming in and we'll see you Thanks again. Thanks for having me. I sang a little bit of Whitney Houston on the podcast there and to be honest with you, I think I nailed it. But again, some of my favourite guests... I don't want to discriminate though. We've had incredible athletes on. We've had business women. We've had almost astronauts. We've had people who are way more famous. Wait, wait now. Almost astronauts. Yeah. Is that something you'd sell yourself as? Well, she's not an astronaut yet, but she's... She's going to be an astronaut. She's trying her damnedest. Yeah. Cool. She wants to go to space. Okay. Episode 36. Go back and listen. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right episode. I really don't. Um, yeah, so we've had so many people on that are way more famous than me as well. And we're going to have so much more on in the future. Politicians. Oh. I know. More politicians? No, we've had politicians. We had two, yeah. I remember because I kind of fangirled over Simon Harris a little. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he likes my Instagram posts now. Does he? Yeah. Well, he likes some of them, which makes me really think about... He's thinking more about it. He's not just liking them exactly. for the sake of it. He's looking at... He's like, I actually exactly. like that. But when he does proper look at my story it Mm. makes me incredibly self-conscious so just quickly to circle back to business we have this is my business voice now so don't don't interrupt me we've teamed up with emergency (laughs) contraceptive pill Ella One to dive into the sex lives of young Irish people today (laughs) over 2,000 of them took part in research that we conducted we found out a ridiculous amount of information. We've already found out that the majority of 18 to 24 year olds believe that having unprotected sex and not taking the morning after pill is more risky than swimming with sharks, skydiving, or rock climbing without a harness. Despite this, 56% of them still do it. So, rock on. Well, so we needed to find out more, obviously. So last week we were in Dublin, and this week our reporter Orla Condon headed to Cork. So take a listen. Some people really just are willing to take the risk, I think. Like myself, I just don't think I ever could, but some people just do have unprotected sex and forget that that's how you make babies. Hello, my name is Orla Condon and today we are back on the streets of Cork for Girls With Goals. We have tons of more questions to ask you after our really interesting research with Ella One for her.ie. Did you know that 4 in 10 18 to 24 year olds who have taken the morning after pill once could have done so another time after unprotected sex but didn't? And we want to know why. If a friend told you that they had unprotected sex and they were worried about getting pregnant, what might you advise them to do? The morning after pill really is the only option to go. Like, um, I'd probably ask them had they considered taking the morning after pill. Yeah, they were very worried about it. I yeah. think everyone would do that, really, wouldn't they? Yeah. Well, obviously, I talked to them about it, but yeah, if ultimately it comes down to it, I'd be like, you know, take the morning after pill if you're in any way sort of worried. Uh, no, I actually did uh, once need the morning after pill, and I literally went in about eight hours after and I took it and everything was fine. We did research with Ella One recently and we found that four in 10 18 to 24 year olds who had taken the morning after pill once maybe found themselves on occasion another time where they could have taken the morning after pill but opted not to. Why do you think people are doing that? Um, Definitely, I'd say having to go in and talk to someone is is a major reason. Like, I I think here there is just such a taboo with it. I don't know, maybe like, the effects of it maybe some people have like some weird misconceptions oh if you take it like more than once that you become infertile or something I I don't know that myself I, I doubt it's true so there you have it we got down to the nitty-gritty of it here on the streets of Cork we asked you guys some very personal questions and you gave us your really honest answers make sure to keep an eye out for our next LO1 video where we'll be asking more personal questions so four in ten 
18 to 24 year olds who had taken the morning after pill once could have done so a second time but they didn't why though this is like maybe it was like they had bad effects after it doesn't it make can it it can make you like nauseous or sick and stuff so maybe they were like what's the point but I think it's more well the thing is is that if you do get nauseous after taking the morning after pill you have to take it again that's Mm. like a big stipulation that they do Um, but from like the people that we spoke to it seems like having to go in and actually talk to someone about it kept popping up as a major reason oh as in I remember being younger and actually going in to get morning after pills for other people I know yeah because they couldn't face the shame of it in our local chemist I was like I don't give a shit I'll go in whatever but like there is that level of like don't judge me for having sex that's still there scarlet A yeah which is weird so we would say to young people what I mean don't be afraid to go and get it if you need it and want it it's not a big deal I mean if you're old enough and bold enough to go out there and get the shag you're old enough and bold enough to make an adult decision the next day of what to do yes wise words <laughs> get the shag get the shag Rebecca O'Keefe fantastic um, so yeah we're going to have lots more research coming from Ella One thank you to Orla as well who went out once again and asked people about their sex lives not an easy task on the street <laughs> so we've looked back a little bit on Girls With Goals over the last year looking to the future my woman of note Rebecca is going to be joining me more often hey we're going to be having live shows as well coming up soon <laughs> are we <laughs> <laughs> news to me I need to talk to you about that okay. yeah And we will. Our LO1 partnership is going to be continuing for a few more weeks as well. So do expect more sex stuff. And yeah, that's it. That's it. How do you feel, one year old? I feel good. I feel... I feel old, to be honest with you. I feel a little bit old. Do you? But that's probably just because I had a birthday. Um, no, I feel good. I feel like we're. I feel like we're doing stuff. Good stuff. I feel like we're doing something. Any any regrets? Any bad stuff that you wish you didn't do? Oh shit! No, that's the beauty of this podcast. I think anyway. Like everybody that I've had on has always been here to tell some kind of story, whether it's their career, whether yeah. it's their business women or if they're athletes I would say that I think we've we've touched in on something and people seem to be listening so it's good keep listening keep listening everybody we love you thanks so much see you next week bye